0: HD Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi guys, I'm Prasad Banerjee, and I write about tech at Mint. And this is tech Setra, a podcast where we ta- tackle some hot topics in technology and also bust some myths. It looks the same, it feels largely the same as well, but the new iPhone 14 Pro is somewhat different from earlier iPhones that we've seen. And it's all of course down to the one feature, that's the dynamic eyelid, but we'll get to that. On the face of it, there's no denying that the iPhone 14 Pro is an evolutionary update on its predecessor, that is the iPhone 13 Pro, and for that matter even the 12 Pro and so on and so forth. What's different here? Just a few things. The Dynamic Island, a display that never really turns off, Apple's first foray with 48-megapixel camera sensors, and a nifty new crash detection system, which Apple itself hopes you never have to use. And we'll get to the other two, but really, let's talk about the Dynamic Island, because that's pretty much what anybody has talked about ever since the iPhone was announced. Now, at its very roots, the Dynamic Island is really just another system alert indicator. And phones have had that for a long time. Some people put tiny little LEDs on phones to show what the system was doing for other kinds of alerts and so on. But what Apple did is with the new iPhone 14 Pro, instead of the notch, Apple has what is usually called a cutout on the display. This cutout holds the Face ID sensor and the front camera. But unlike most cutouts, which have existed on Android phones for what feels like a million years now, This cutout has a feature which basically has the screen move along the cutout. It's actually a technology called anti-aliasing which has existed for again a lot of time. If you play games, anti-aliasing is there all the time. If you've ever tried to tinker the settings on your TV, you would have seen the word anti-aliasing there as well because it has existed. What it really lets you do is it lets you create sharp lines. Apple uses this technology to make the dynamic island. So it's actually not a separate screen or anything like that. It's just that the screen around that cutout moves when you are doing something on the phone. So for example, you can open the music app and play music. And the moment you go out of that, the app sort of floats up to the island. The same will happen with podcasts. The same will happen with calls. And Apple has this internal priority system which decides which app gets to take the position on the dynamic island there are two spots there one to the left one to the right so if you have say music playing and a call comes the music will of course stop but it will take one of the left or right spots and the call will go to the other spot usually the one on priority will take the one to the left anyway But all that sounds really simple right and truth be told the dynamic island really should not make a phone feel new and it really isn't anything new the problem is it just really does feel new and it really feels like something you want to use all the time because the dynamic island is always moving around unlike other system alert indicators or even for that matter the notch which are all designed to sort of fade into the background The Dynamic Island in a way is designed to seek attention. You always know that it's there. And that is what makes the phone feel completely different from what it used to be. Having said that, the real magic with the Dynamic Island is with something called the Live Activities API, which is not yet live, but it's an API that Apple will make available to developers in the future. And that future is not so far away, it's supposed to happen later this year. With this, devs will be able to take advantage of the dynamic island, which means that now when you open news app, that could put a small little widget on the island if they want to. Or any other app for that matter. You never know, Uber might show you a tiny little car on the dynamic island. Any of that is possible. What is also possible is that a bad developer could use the island to probably put an ad on it. And that's something we do not want happening. Now, of course, Apple has proved more than enough times that they're good at policing their system to the extent that they're fighting antitrust cases all over the world, including India, for how they police the system. So of course, they will police this system as well. But this brings you to the crux of what the Dynamic Island is. At this moment, it feels really good. It makes the phone feel really new. But whether it'll be actually as useful will be decided on how developers use it. And that will take at least a full year more. Which means that the true usefulness of the island will not really be clear to us till at least one year after the launch of the iPhone 14 Pro. And that's something to remember. Now while the dynamic island is good and it's essentially sort of a whole new display on the iPhone 14 Pro, it also has what is called the always on display, one of the many features Apple has borrowed from Android phones this time. Always on displays can be traced back to something like the Moto X, which I think it came out in something around 2013, anyway. With always-on displays, smartphone makers have actually done a lot of things because phones have the OLED displays nowadays in which they can play around with individual pixels on the screen. Always-on displays essentially allow smartphone makers to turn off the rest of the display and just show you a little bit of information. In essence, it always shows you something like a clock or maybe a few notifications but does not use as much battery as a fully lit display would use. And that's where the problem with Apple's always on display is. When you use it, it actually tries to keep the wallpaper lit as well. And as a result, it really feels like a phone's display that is turned down to really low brightness. And I can bet that it uses a lot more battery than an always on display should. And it doesn't look as good either. I turned this feature off very quickly because it really isn't that useful. Coming to the last really new feature that we could review because I haven't been in a car crash and I can't review the crash detection feature, the new camera. Now Apple has famously said that they do not need high megapixel counts. In fact, for the longest time when Android phone makers were making phones with 12 megapixel cameras, 16 megapixel cameras, iPhones still had 8 megapixel cameras like in the 5S and they still had better cameras than a lot of Android phones. So this has been something Apple has done for the longest time, that that Android makers can use as many megapixels as they can. Apple barely went above 12. This year, however, the iPhone is getting the first 48 megapixel primary camera. And as I said, it's a big deal for Apple. The problem, it doesn't really make a big difference as it hasn't made a difference for Android makers either. What this does, it uses a feature called pixel binning, which has been coming in sensors again for a long time. It takes four pixels, combines it into one, which essentially allows the phone to take in more light and improves its low-light imaging quality. And on paper, yes, it does so as well. The only problem is that if all you do is take pictures and post them on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever else new social media you have or reels and whatever, you'll barely see any difference between the 13 Pro and the 14 Pro. And that's why if you have something like a 13 Pro or even the 12 Pro for that matter, the camera on the 14 Pro really won't make a big difference to you. The big difference here is again where the iPhone is taking things slowly towards the future. Apple has a very nice marketing term for it, it's called the Photonic Engine. But for those who have followed Apple's design cycle for a long time, they had something called Deep Fusion, which was basically a bunch of AI algorithms which used to act on your photo once you clicked the shutter button and give you the final image. The Photonic Engine, in essence, is the same thing. The big difference here is that the Deep Fusion used to work after you clicked the shutter button. The photonic engine works while you are doing so. The moment your camera focuses, the photonic engine kicks in, which means that the diffusion algorithms are now working on raw image data, which is much more data and hence the AI has more data to work on. Again, on paper and in practice, this makes very little difference. But if you do a little bit of digging on something called lensless sensors. This has been sort of a holy grail for the technology industry for a long, long time now. They do exactly what they sound like and they are supposed to someday allow us to put gigapixel sensors on phones. The fact that the photonic engine can run while a photo is being clicked is yet another step towards those lensless sensors. And that of course is what makes the iPhone 14 Pro again a step towards the future. Now, does all that mean that you should go and buy an iPhone 14 Pro? I really wouldn't suggest that if you have an iPhone 13 Pro or an iPhone 12 Pro. For people who are on the 11 or the 10 series, there's of course big updates here. The dynamic island is for those who are first adopters. If you're happy to wait for a year and find out how it evolves, sure, go ahead, buy this. But I doubt there are too many of us who have lakhs to spend on a phone that's yet in the first generation. But having said that, it's of course a great phone. So if you really, really want it, please go ahead and buy it. And that's it for this week's episode. Please do let me know what you thought of it and what else you would want me to cover. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Undertecker. Yes, you heard that right. That's U N D E R T E C H E R. You can also give us feedback at Ht SmartCast. We're present on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please do log on to htsmartcast.com and listen to all of our productions. This was a mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.